Welcome to the Team Builder Show, where the most successful team leaders share how to build, scale, organize, and ultimately maximize your sales team results. Hey, welcome back to the Team Builder Show. Today, we've got the legend, the real tall real estate king of Georgia. What's up, Brian? How you doing, man? I'm doing well, Tom. How are you? Okay, can we just get it right out of the way? Like, why is the company called Real Tall Real Estate? Well, uh, I get every single day, do you play basketball? No, I sell real estate, lots of real estate. And so yeah. it kind of became the brand. Yeah. So for the person that's listening audio only, this is the first time that I've actually been super intimidated in my own podcast. <laughs> I'm actually reaching down, slamming an apple box on the ground and giving myself some extra height because I have... I'm having issues right now. All right, if you're listening audio only, make sure you check it out on uh, YouTube. So, so Brian, give people some context. Uh, how long you been in the business? Where do you like? Where do you sell houses? And then we'll get into the nitty gritty of what you built. Okay, so uh, 14 year veteran in the business. Uh, started in New Orleans, Louisiana, and then made the transition to Atlanta, Georgia. Joined a team. Uh, was a buyer's agent for about a year and a half. Sold. Okay. 36 deals my first eight months and wow. said, well, let's do something with this. Uh, started to grow my brand, Real Tall Real Estate, tell your friends. Yeah. And uh, I knew more people knew my uh, my stature. They were asking about that than yeah. they were actually remembering my name. So yeah. it was kind of a fun transition into that. Last year, April, um, during the pandemic, I decided that I was gonna open a brokerage. So a lot came into play whenever being in coaching for a little over four years, probably about five almost now, mm -hmm. um, I was kind of taking your direction through that pandemic. And I saw and inspired by kind of the guidance you were giving people during that very tough time. Right. And so I knew that I wanted to kind of influence in that same way a little bit. So it kind of pushed me to that. And here we are a year later, 10 licensed agents, and we're gonna continue to grow. Brian, you have um, uh, you have such a charm about you. Thank you. Tom. Right, like you're just your energy. First of all, this is really cool to be this tall. I think I'm like six four now, right? And he's still towering over me. Your energy is infectious. The thing though that I get the most just in our like just talking, you know, off camera here, was purpose, right? Like what I see you as is a fulfilled leader because you're helping people. Can you talk about that for a minute? So I've always kind of, I think because of my stature and being tall, I get a lot of attention, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. And so I've always been recognized. And I think in our world, we aren't recognized for the things that we kind of do. Mm -hmm. And for me, joining a team, I was kind of inspired and given tools and resources. And so to get me kind of where I am today. So for me, I wanted to kind of almost give back. Yeah. Um, I went to school to be a social worker. So in this really? sense, yeah. So it actually kind of works in the same way because I can counsel people through the process. Yeah. There's a lot of anxiety that happens with it. And so I'm still getting to fulfill kind of that journey, but just in a different, more fun way. Where'd you go to school? So I went to Louisiana State University, I'm okay. a New Orleans boy, and I yeah. uh, went to LSU and then graduated and then was going to graduate school. Okay, did the, okay, hold on. So my producer who's listening back in California right now, Kelsey, is like, he's seven feet tall. He's at LSU. I'll give you another seven-footer that was at LSU Shack. Somebody had to say to you, hey, man. <laughs> you want to play ball? Like, did you not get hit up? You're like, no, I want to be a social worker. Were they like, what? That opportunity did present itself. Um, so at UNO, University of New Orleans, I didn't want to go to a local school. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of a commuter school also. It wasn't, not that I wanted to go party at a, at a state school, 
But um, I did want to get away and have some growth and development without my parents. And mm -hmm. I went to private school. So I said, this is my chance, right? Yeah. So I ended up doing that and I was going to redshirt, but I got in a fraternity and became social chair. And the next thing you know, I'm hosting parties, which I still do today. And it's driven me to this business. So I can actually see that connection. I can see that connection. So let's, so let's talk about um, the model, right? So you, you make the decision in the middle of a pandemic to start a brokerage. One of the things I was looking at on your personality profile is Brian is the kind of guy that's going to consult with a small group of trusted people before he makes a big decision. What was the process you went through to make the decision to start your brokerage? Who'd you talk um, to? What was it about? First, I started with Jesus. Uh, then, no, I talked to my coach. <laughs> okay, <are you> yeah. <laughs> no, I talked to Jesus. No, but you definitely have to have a faith aspect. Thank so, you very no much. No matter what you yes. do, whether you're yes. faith-based or not, it's yeah. fear or faith. You've got to lean right. into the process. Right. Because if you allow yourself to be in fear-based, then you're just going to make poor decisions, in my opinion. So, I agree. I so agree. I, uh, my spouse was the first person I talked to. Yeah. Uh, he is actually running our team in the city. And he basically was like, go for it. He supports everything yeah. I do. He knows that I have these dreams and ambitions. Uh, I also spoke to my coach. And then yeah. I spoke to my colleagues that are in you know, Florida and Texas and all of right. these different places. And I right. said, what do you think? The majority of them said I was crazy. But uh, you know, I have to listen to my internal, and that's what drives me. Yeah. So. Okay, so you make the decision to start the brokerage. You already had a team. I did. So, so what was different? So I think that really I wanted to start building something a little bit more. So yeah. I think when you don't uh, start to develop a team, it's really for your sake. Whereas the brokerage side of it, I now get to help people. And that's kind of our model is to yeah. build teams yeah. for themselves. So I've had, we throw spaghetti at the wall every day and see what's working and all of that. And so I'm now yeah. able to give kind of some of that experience and knowledge back to these agents who are yeah. really trying to just go through the motions. So if I'm clear that the focus of the brokerage is to help people build teams. Correct. It's, so it's completely it's the, different. It's the ultimate teamerage. I have a new client. It's agents, and it's it's wild to me. So okay, so talk about that. So you I mean you know I coach a lot of CEOs. I think Gino Buffari is the CEO of the biggest you know real estate conglomerate, home services. He's got ninety thousand agents. They did eight hundred and sixty five thousand transactions last year, like a behemoth, right? And he says the same thing. The CEOs of his of his company owned stores, those are his clients. Right. And then the agents and then the franchise owners, like those are his clients. Where did that mindset come from? Because that's not typical in a team brokerage environment. I don't know. I guess from a very early age, I was always a leader. I have two brothers and um, I'm the middle child, but I always felt like I was still leading them and helping them yeah. make decisions. Yeah. So through kind of adolescence and then going through high school, college, everything, I've just always been that leader. I don't, uh, I'm very, I would say I'm meticulous in how I operate, but I also do not let fear hold me back. Yeah. So I'm always going to try to move the needle just a little bit in yep. growth, whether it be personal or business. So, so every uh, every team leader I've interviewed ever, not just on this show, has said something to the effect of, "I had the fear, I had to lean in anyway, right? Like I had to do it." So how how do you work through that fear? Because someone listening right now is maybe they're not a team. Right. And now maybe now they're going, oh, should I start a brokerage? Like, you know, like you're, you're, you're pushing people's imagination. What are the steps you go through to get over the fear to do something big? First, uh, vodka. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, 
For me, I think that really just kind of writing it down, journaling, seeing when I get ideas, not everything I do is going to be implemented or executed. And so first I like to kind of write down in my book, which I call the Bible of real estate and kind of think about the process. Mm -hmm. And then I start looking at other ways that that can be impacted by the way that the business is operating now. And then I, I just kind of tiptoe into it until I say, you know what, let's go for it. And there's a moment in my gut that happens that just yeah. says, go for it. So, but, but you're journaling it, you're writing it, you're doing the math. I mean, you're a very process oriented systems person, right? Like you look at your personality profile, you can be electrifying, but I can see behind the scenes what's going on in your brain. Right. Right. Your, your profile speaks of like, tactical, organize, systems, spreadsheet. So you do all that stuff and then you test. And if it's right, you go. So I kind of do both hand in hand, but I definitely have like the internal reflection first. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's important to kind of get yourself aware that, and I also, where I'm at today, I know is not gonna get me where I was. So I yeah. just kind of always, I like to jump off the cliff in yeah. a sense, but at okay. the same time, I need to know that they're, like you said earlier, that somebody's there with a buoy or something to go ahead just right. in case. All right. So, right. yeah. Right. I mean, so many, of the, so many of the CEOs that I interview follow this sort of methodology. You know, like we do our homework, we say this is how it's gonna be, right? We're ready to go, and then we just jump. You have to. Yeah. That's hard for a lot of people. I think it is hard for a lot of people. I don't think people recognize their own value and worth. And I think that that comes from either upbringing or society's terms on what they can be. Yeah. And so I've never listened to that. I don't know if it's because I'm taller and I actually get my own fresh air and I can have my own ideas up there. But for me personally, I mean, I still have drunk monkey and all of that stuff, but I yeah. think we're kind of told we have to have that paradigm shift and that's extremely important, I think. Yeah. So, so talk about that paradigm shift. What do you think is the shift that needs to be going through a leader's head today, a team leader's head today, an agent's head today, a broker's head today? What is the shift? I think having noise cancellation headphones is number one, because I think <laughs> anything we're doing right now, we have to have these kind of invisible noise canceling because there's a lot going on in society and our world, and that's great. But when you're looking at your business, this is gonna move, everybody by default right now should be busy. And if you're not, right. you haven't invested enough in yourself and your business to figure that out. But I think kind of changing, being willing to, fl I always say, it's not a quick fix. You can hire somebody in a role. They're not going to be in that role. You can't say this is this is fixed. Yeah. This is going to continue to move about whether it's staff, agents, your model, yeah. and it could be based off of market trends and all of that. Mm -hmm. So you just have to be flexible enough to understand and recognize those things. Yeah. I think that's number one. Yeah. Also, being busy by default right now, what happens if we start to slow down? Is that the time to put your processes and systems in place? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a. Uh, there's no doubt like a high sense of flexibility is required, right? Like the, I think the rigid leader today, the too pragmatic, too organized leader probably doesn't scale at the level that they want. I actually read something interesting and I'll, I'll, for, for all my friends listening, Steve Murray, right, is a dear friend and he's, you know, talked to all of you team leaders. And so he shared something with me yesterday. He said he did a 10 year case study on the top 750 real estate companies in the U.S. in the last 10 years. And he said, two interesting things that he identified. One was, as the number of agents increased in the US over the last 10 years, those brokerages, so if the number of agents went up 10 times, those brokerages only grew on average by three times. 
Isn't that interesting? And wow. then he said, when you look at the number of transactions that were being done, again, just using the kind of easy math of 10, right? If, they, if it grew by 10 times, they grew by three times. So he's telling me this, and, and Steve, if you're listening, right, you know, he's sitting at a, a, you know, some conference and he's like, Ferry, what's going on? I'm like, what have you learned since I spoke with you last? And this is the first thing he jumps into. And I said, well, what's the lesson there? And he said, they forgot how to recruit and drive sales. Right. And, but that's the kind of way Steve talks, right? Like you've seen him. He just goes, they forgot how to recruit and they forgot how to drive sales. Like, and I said, but what's the real lesson? He said, all the growth's been in the teams. Right. All the, the team ridges, the teams, right? People like yourself. So how do you drive sales? So we're doing a different approach and it's kind of working for us, not kind of, it actually is working for us, is that when you have teams, since I am trying to hire to teams, mm -hmm. a lot of team leads, it's to, it's to build and protect their business. Yeah. I think that scaling has a lot to do with teaching them everything that you know, not yes. overwhelming them, but yep. also, don't say that they're a buyer's agent. I think that is such a limiting belief that we, sure. that we as, as team leads sometimes put on individuals. And so I, I have conversations and coffees with people constantly that say, oh, well, my disc profile doesn't align with being a listing specialist. Well, okay, the disc profile is fantastic. I live my life by it in personal and professional. Right. But it, that can't be the only thing. So then they get caught up in themselves. It's context. It's so context we're trying specific. to yeah. teach that and then yeah. see their personality and the adaptability to other avenues for them. Right. So that's what we're doing right now. And we're trying, you know, belly to belly business is always going to be key. But recruiting and then, you know, productivity, I think people are so busy, they haven't had time to develop what that looks like for their organization. Yeah. And so that's something that we're truly trying to focus on mm -hmm. to make sure that we're developing our agents, yeah. not just one or the other. So. Right. So I think of everything and like, you know, for the people that are listening on audio, I have always this, these insight blocks in front of us, which, you know, like mine is, you know, be brief, be bright, be gone, right? Typical high D, right? High I, involve me, give me the details, right? Like all blue, right? Show me you care, green. But I use this as the example of, if I'm going to engineer a business, I think through basically the four primary drivers. I increase lead generation, right? I increase conversion. I increase the size of the team, the workforce capacity, and I improve upon the systems, right? It's those four things. Right. So tell me your process. So I'm probably more, give me the details. I like yep. to go ahead and kind of I, I venture yep. out. Yep. And then as we pull these apart, yes, guys, yes. Be brief, be gone is probably not the top, but it That's is something I, when you give me the details, I want you to be brief. Don't, if it's something that doesn't align, mm -hmm. I'm going to hear you out. Yeah. Uh, show me you care and then involve me because yeah. I think that's the process. Show yeah. me you want it. I can't want it for you. Right. So. Right. Okay. So, so if you're driving, let's say you find somebody new, do you go personality profile to find the team leader or are these people finding you and saying, I want to become a leader? So they're having conversations with me and that's working mm -hmm. for us right now. We are recruiting in a few different avenues, yeah. Yeah. but having the coffees is really what's kind of giving us the first foot in the door with them. And yeah. it's interesting how they're hearing about us. It's actually through their, you know, I was spoken Atlanta uh, on panel at, yep. at Sales Edge yep. and a couple of people started reaching out and I was like, wow, I didn't even know yep. that it would lead to that. I didn't even yep. know I would be in this position to begin with. So right. very impressive. So so when you're interviewing someone and you're thinking this person could be a team leader, is there a profile you're looking for or is it a spark? Like what is it that, that makes you say, 
this person's got it. I want to know why they want to be a team leader. Are they being a team leader because they're burnt out and don't want to get in the car with an uh, with their clients anymore? Yeah, yeah. Because that's not the passion that's and wrong. purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I try to do a little self-discovery with them. I need to know their why. I need to mm-hmm. know who's involved in that why. Yeah. So if you have a spouse, are they a part of this journey? How, yeah. you know, either rewarding is it for them or detrimental to what's going on in the, in the process. Yeah. And so I just do a deeper dive with them and then align their disc with it. And I say, this is these are your strengths, these are the weaknesses, we do a SWAT, mm-hmm. and then we go from there, so. So you look at companies like Side, right? Like they're doing things like this where they're saying, okay, you're an existing team, but you're probably running it, maybe not the level that you want, we'll control the back end, right? Like, I think it's a really smart, it's a smart move. Obviously they raised a ton of capital to do this. It's not a, I'm not an investor. It's not a shameless promotion, just acknowledging someone that's doing something unique in the industry. Is that kind of the model for you or is it different? Like how does the, how does the mechanics of the money work? So they actually, it's, it's treated as a brokerage, but we mm-hmm. bring them on. Um, our caps are based off of my time to be able to help coach them up. Yep. Also the co- uh, conversations, I do a once a month with all of their agents. Good. I think it's very important to hear from somebody besides the team lead because I agree. if you have a leader that's telling you something seven days a week, you need a fresh perspective. Yeah. And so then they go, oh, that's right. I love coming to the conferences because mm-hmm. I always see a team lead and they go, oh, I want to introduce you to my new ISA. Right. And they say, Brian, what do you think about this? And I know they're setting me up and they're like, <laughs> of course, I was like, this is what he's saying. Like, it's basically just reiterating it because yeah. it does work. And yeah. so um, that's kind of part of our value proposition. And yep. then we also have the resources on the back end. And that's something we're even actually thinking about starting to create VAs, uh, like start interviewing the VAs so we can just start passing them off to Smart. teams. Smart. So that's something that we're going to kind of work on for the rest of this year. So I think it would be helpful because right yeah. now, especially with the time, that's just another value proposition for us. Big time, big time. So it's a traditional financial cap model. Correct. So you got to have a lot of teams to make this thing work. Right. Right. And then do you have ancillary services, mortgage closing services, title, et cetera? So we don't have that yet, but that is on the, you know. That's got to be on the road now. The car is running. We're not out the parking lot yet. So okay. that's what I kind of like to say. Okay. We've seen some success already and we're really appreciative of it. Yeah. Um, some developers have been reaching out too. So that's an avenue that we're looking at sure. as well. Well, anything like that that you can run through kind of your quasi relocation company, take a 35% referral fee, 40% referral fee. I've, I can't say the name of the CEO that I coach. But we're, we've been driving with a, with a 1,200 agent company to be at 30% of all business we control. So we run it through relocation. It's a, it's a referral fee model, right? It's a massive profit center. And we're giving to agents that are usually only working their past clients in sphere. And as that goes rich, poor, rich, poor, right. rich, poor, we're able to go put them in the middle and give them a few extra deals so they're richer. Yep. That makes sense. So is that like, is that in the framework for you? Are you thinking about lead generation from the standpoint of helping them grow as well? So yeah, subsidizing what they already have to help create and build a little bit more capital, a little more, more confidence in that process. So I think that that's key. We're actually doing that in investing on those things because now we've got the capital to assist them with kind of getting themselves together and it's paying off. So it just gives that level of confidence, which I think is really key in this. So yeah. People yeah. have a hard time self-discovering why their big why is, you know, not evoking emotion. So, cause they get, they get weirded out in my opinion that, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. I shouldn't, I sh- shouldn't be responsible for this yeah. is what I think people live their life through. So, yeah. So, um, let's go a totally different direction. How do you run multiple locations? Very interesting. So we're in the hiring process. So the, uh, market that we're in, so 
I started out in the heart of Atlanta. I was mm -hmm. a single agent yep. doing my deals. And then we built a team that could service, you know, we, we served Metro Atlanta. And then we ended up with, I purchased a property in the North Georgia mountains through a oh, developer. Yeah. And okay. that process was less than uh, what we would deliver. So I had a conversation <laughs> and it really was, it was <laughs> that rough. That process was and we less than we of, would deliver. We, we yes. used all of our vendors and it's still, except for the lender. Yeah. And we were having conversations like this can be better and all of that. And so through that process on our, our on our side, mm -hmm. they actually decided that they would do it with us. So we just yeah. picked up a development up there. And so we have a listing agent up there that's handling all of those deals. He has the relationship with the developer. Mm -hmm. And so real tall real estate is living tall in the mountains. All right. All right. Isn't it interesting how we, you know, we go do deals or I'm like, I, I can walk into a restaurant and my brain goes, I can make this better. Right. This service sucks. This experience could be, so, you know, it, I, I sense you have that same thing. Like everywhere you go, you're like, uh, that, that photo needs to be corrected. Is that OCD or is that like just an obsession around building? OCD is, takes a lot of uh, credit for it, but it's also, I just have a passion for building things. Yeah. Uh, my entire life has been progress, not perfection. I, I own that. Yeah. So it makes me kind of feel calm and comfortable in certain zones. Mm -hmm. And so really trying to build something, grow something better, be better. Mm -hmm. We're seeing a lot of people right now that are just, we do our scale of desperation versus determination. Mm -hmm. So every day we do a mindset check and go, are we desperate to get the deal done? Or are we determined to get it done better, right? You know, what, what are the new things that we can yeah. be implementing? So that's one thing every single day, we talk about that as the agents, the team leads, everyone. So I, I love it. How short is the shortest person on your team? Uh, it would probably be Valerie. She's our director of growth and development. Mm -hmm. And she went to a closing for me and somebody walked in and goes, you're not tall. And it really is living tall is a mindset. And it's, you know, I look back to my parent, uh, to my parents and my grandparents, my grandfather, you know, he used to say, you do, you clean it up. He always put his best foot forward. Yeah. And so doing it with pride, like if, even if it's not right, you yeah. still make it better. Yeah. So that just was instilled in me. So that's kind of our mentality. But yeah, she's like 5'3". Okay. Katie, come here. <laughs> just, just, just for fun, we guys got to get this on camera. Katie, how, how, Katie, you've been on the show before. I'm 5'2 and, and 3 quarters. 5'2 and 3 quarters. <laughs> I'm just noticing just the difference is... It's very real. I but know. probably still living tall. So Oh, yeah. she is huge in still stature. Living tall, though. Yeah, no doubt on that. And she crushes social. Okay, so wrapping this up, um, let's put a bow on it with, uh, I want to know first, biggest mistakes to avoid for the builders out there? Um, listening to other people besides your gut. That would probably be the one thing. Mm -hmm. Aligning agents that don't align with your culture. Mm -hmm. And... Probably not doing it sooner. So you're probably sitting on the fence and this actually, this market's probably the one to do it in because there, you know, there is a little room for error there. And so probably starting, you know, when you can and believing in yourself, but yeah, we yeah. call them corrections. So yeah. we don't call them mistakes. We call them corrections. Right. Lessons learned, right? Yeah. Lessons learned along the way. I mean, every CEO I talked to, like we were like, how did you get good? Uh, I got punched in the face 7,000 times and I learned how to you know, dodge and yep. weave and get back on my front feet versus on my back feet. Like that's just the way it is, right? So I get it. Second question, um, tech stack. Quick sip of water, strategic <laughs> pause. What are you wanting to know? What do you use? Um, so we have for our like CRM and everything mm -hmm. like that. So yeah. we use CR Interactive. Okay. Um, that's our CRM. We have Dot Loop for our compliance. We yeah. haven't we're uh, haven't added it, but we're going to be doing CSU. 
Nice. So right. and track and measure. Yep. Yeah. And that's basically it. So what about transaction management? What so, about because uh, Dot Loop will do a lot of that. We're running all of that through there right now. As Good. we scale, we're actually yep. going to be adding to that too. So cool. So we're baby stepping. We're watching the P and L. So I hired a yep. whole new group to start doing all of that this year. I had a great support system for that, mm -hmm. but I that's another thing. Align yourselves with uh, with vendors that are actually in your entrepreneurial growth mindset. Yeah. You as a baby agent is not going to be the same lender attorney they may not want to grow and that right. can only hinder your progress so that's yeah. i think that's key that was one of the things i know we talked about like that alignment of the people that are with you right not just your teammates but all your partners like yep. for me salesforce is so much of how we operate our business if we're not aligned with them they're going in a different direction we're in trouble right, right? so even even like your tech providers you got to be in alignment with right i love it i love so. it all right so closing thoughts for the people out there what's what's your i mean you've shared a lot of funny nuggets and great insights and enthusiasm. What would you say is kind of, you know, closing thoughts for people listening? You know what? You're capable of doing anything. I'm not reinventing the wheel. I don't think all these CEOs are reinventing the wheel. I think it's really important to dive into what you really want and what your purpose is and go for it. You know, take the leap. If you're doing a brokerage because you're tired of selling, might not be the right avenue, mm -hmm. but just believe in yourself and then surround yourself with people that are gonna support you. Show, even showing up today, I was getting text messages from friends that I know in this ecosystem, my yep. family, like yeah. everything. And it just, it, surround yourself with the people that matter and that will make you matter. Cause yes. I think that that's important. I agree, I agree. Well said, that was a mic drop. All right, so hey, you heard it here first. This is the Team Builders Show. We're talking to excellent team builders that are trying to help all of us unpack how they do what they do. So make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification button, all that fun stuff. Uh, Brian, if they wanna follow you on Instagram, they wanna connect with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Real Tall Realtor or Real Tall Real Estate. My personal is Real Tall Realtor if you have questions and then Real Tall Real, uh, Real Estate goes to the company. Outstanding, man, I appreciate it. All right, we thank you so much. Make sure you give us some comments down below and make sure you follow this guy definitely on Instagram because he is a character. All right, we're out.